Welcome back, my beautiful people. Back to Dong City, May 10th, 2021, episode 59. I had to, had to really reach for this one. I'm not going Carlos Carrasco. I'm going Jose, Jose Bautista. When he Ooh. was the Tampa Bay Rays, number 59. These numbers are getting harder and harder to go to. So uh, I don't know. Vince, what's going on, brother? Disgusting. No, Nothing. Nothing good now. How are, how are you? Jose Batista on a race, huh? Doing good, doing good. Uh, oh. Disgusting. No, nothing. Nothing good uh-huh. now. Uh-huh. Yeah, for you. There we go. So, yeah. Well, thank you. You know, 59, not an easy one to find. No, uh, no, no, no. Like I said, the best historical one was uh, Carlos Carrasco, and I was like, eh, not yet. Yeah, no. Uh, Batista is a better choice out of those two. Nothing much going on. I'm, uh, you know, running through my my vaccination timeline until I'm good to go completely in that two week time frame. I think I'm on day eleven now, so we're almost there. And uh, no zombie breakouts, no. Uh... No, no, no third arm or anything like that yet. No third leg. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. I didn't get Johnson and Johnson, so it's probably just not going to be an exciting, you know, thing. But I had like no repercussions either. So, are you still a white male? I mean, <laughs> um, you know, I, I was uh, out in the sun again, and uh, I feel like it did nothing this time. But this this might be where I max out. But uh, how are you? How's everything on your end over in New York? Everything is good over here in New York. Uh... Mother's Day, we, we had a nice little Mother's Day celebration on Baseball Life and all our groups yesterday. Uh, you know, good day to uh, all of our mothers, all of our mothers tuning in. Happy belated Mother's Day to you, ladies. Yes. Fathers, we're coming in June. That's right. We are one month out now from celebrating the fathers. Uh, we've got Jake Hibbert starting early with uh, mentioning the club right off the bat. We won't say uh, for fathers because apparently that was a hot topic. Nope. That's the a big debate in the life groups. You cannot say fur fathers. That is illegal now. So, yeah, I will not be celebrated at all on Father's Day with a, uh, uh, I can't circumvent the system, apparently. I tell you, some of the best debates happen on the most obscure polls. It's amazing. They do. They get they get some traction. You just don't expect. Baseball life included. We get a lot of weird shit. Oh, um, ton of weird shit. <laughs> it's, I, I was accused of, of hiding all year long, so that, that might be the weirdest thing I've heard yet this entire season. What was I What was I called one time? A right-leaning homophobe, was it? Yeah, I, well, you're all right, yeah. Which is, I mean, you get it from both sides. Yeah, you're I get it from both right sides. or like a bleeding heart liberal. You can't, you can't it, it tells me I'm doing something right if both sides equally hate me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I was told that I've been ducking all season while the Yankees were struggling, which is, I can't think of anything more opposite if I had tried. Uh, and let's get right into our little first segment here. That is the boring COVID update. This one's actually kind of exciting because it doesn't involve players because, of course, this is now almost a thing of the past. Teams like the Yankees and Tigers, 85% vaccinated. So it really is basically a thing of the past. Um, yeah, they won't know those extra perks that come with uh being 85 percent or more <laughs> yeah i wish it was steroids but that hasn't been the case yet um yankee stadium offering free vaccine obviously johnson and johnson is the preference over in new york uh and with that and offering a free game if you get vaccinated so there's a perk to add it on top of your free Krispy cream donut every day for the rest of the year let me tell you outside of yankee stadium there is a two vans that 
will give you a COVID test and there's mobile vaccination sites that have nothing to do with Yankee stadiums. There was a city MD across the street. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm not, I'm not crazy about offering vaccines. I mean, offering tickets to for people to get a vaccination. I just, I love it. I, they should incentivize every way that they can. Yeah. I, it's, I, I just, it, it blurs that line for me. I mean, I get the I get the one where you were offering tourists the vaccines. I think that makes sense. Yeah. But uh, Yankee Stadium is. A... Does it make a difference to you that Pfizer is now FDA approved as of like a few hours ago? Is it? Yep. They did well. They just said they're yeah they're going to grant approval to it. Yeah, you know I've been on the fence with this. I know. Uh, yeah, you are way less of a sucker than me. I was like, oh. Florida's allowing 18 plus. I got it within the first hour. I'm still uh, still taking my daily rapid test to get into the stadium to have fun as I did the other day. So, Yeah, never, for the record, never got tested for COVID the entire time. Never had to, never felt a reason to, never had symptoms to do it. Nothing. Some people are posting, you know, uh, still pulling <laughs> positive uh, antibody results a year plus later. Yeah, some people just never run out of their post-COVID repercussions. I always joke that I was Superman, but I really think I am Superman now. It's you're, a fucking a year later, bro, and I still have antibodies. We don't have a pop culture podcast, but Venom Ultimate Carnage is coming out. I think your DNA might have completely changed into something else now. So we'll have to monitor that. Henry's DNA going forward. We'll see what it turns into. Um, let's get here into the into our first segment here. Uh, that's real baseball and that is we had a perfect game that wasn't in my mind this is the second one I would categorize as a perfect game that wasn't one was out was Galarraga's perfect game that he was robbed of on the final out on a bad call because that legitimately is a perfect game if it's called correctly hashtag robot umps Um, this one John Means of the Orioles the first no hitter for the Orioles in like 40 years or something nuts and he has a perfect game, if not for, well, not, well, that's the final out. So that, that's the final out of the, perf, of the non-perfect game, a wild pitch, a drop third strike, Henry. The only thing that separated him, he's the first pitcher in the history of baseball to have a no hitter that did not include an extra batter, yeah, he's an still- error or a walk. <laughs> he got 27 outs. Yep. 27 outs. The only guy who reached was on a drop third strike and he was caught stealing. So he is the first player ever to accomplish that feat. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. I don't necessarily agree with you. Um, the Andres Galarraga one, I agree there. That was just human error. What yep. we saw the other day was a an actual baseball play. So I'm okay with that. It's just one of those things that happen on the field of play. The Galarraga one is just, you know, Jim Joyce botching it. It was just human error. Well, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Means deserved a perfect game. In fact, if you take my my take on the uh, Bumgarner no-hitter that wasn't, I'm very much against things just being credited to people because we want them to be. I don't think Means should get credit for a perfect game. I do think, though, that's as close to a perfect game as you can get, and he deserves to be at least recognized for that. <laughs> like it was, it was amazing to watch, and we've seen what that the fourth fifth if you include Bumgarner's no-hitter. Um, it, it just goes to tell you how hard no-hitters are. I mean, uh, perfect games are because anything can happen like that. It would be perfect, yeah. Tim, Tim Kirchin always said he loved baseball because 
on any given day, something can happen that you've never seen. And that's it. Then I'm thinking, damn, almost everything has happened in baseball. Boom. Something that you can't possibly think could happen has happened. And John Means loses his perfect game because of it. Yeah. And if you only looked at opening weekend starts when Means flat out, I mean, dominated the Red Sox at Fenway. Uh, and now what we know, a very, very good Red Sox offense. Uh, you could have predicted he might be thrown a no-hitter this season, and then he did. So, looks damn good for him. Um, does it bother you at all being a Yankee fan now where I had 20 years, no no-hitters, and it seems so easy nowadays? No, because that's just the way it is. And then it'll be some fucking scrub spot start Michael King that does it for us when it happens. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not that Michael King is a scrub, but he's not the guy like, Who's going to do it? You're going to think Cole's going to do it. Severino's right. going to do it. You're going to think one of the big guys. It's, it's going to be some random dude who just... Some, yeah, like Jordan Montgomery will yeah, throw one out there. I, I absolutely agree. Um, so means that close. Didn't quite pull it off, but he gets the no-hitter. Great. I was hoping he got it, man. It would have been nice to see him. Yeah, it would have been. I mean, I'm I'm almost at the point now where I'm like anti-no-hitter because I'm, I'm tired of them happening so often. Um, I don't blame, obviously, the pitchers. I don't even really blame the hitters, even though you can make an argument for that. I really just blame the way MLB is designed, just making it easy to throw no hitters. I, I so, think, you know, fans wanted less home runs. They played yeah. with the balls. They played, they doctored the balls. They changed the baseballs. This is what you're going to get. You're going to get guys that are no name brand guys, no frills pitches, throwing no hitters. This is what you're going to get. You got to pick your poison here. Yeah, and, and it's absolutely true. I mean, you could see the ball, the ball deflation uh, impact. It, the definitely balls that were last year, last two years, I distinctly remember seeing balls hit and thinking like, "That's that's not going to go," and it'd be like ten rows into the into the seats. This year, they're hitting them, and sometimes I'm like, "He crushed it," and it died at the warning track. There's been definitely at least different. ten baseballs that I've watched live that I'm like, "Holy shit, that's gone," and it's like warning track, and I'm like, "No way." Yeah, I, I conspiracy theory, the first few weeks of the Yankees season, I really think that was one of the factors is that they weren't getting the two or three home runs a game because they're not going as far. Uh, they don't have they didn't have a strikeout problem compared to other teams. They had a contact problem in that they weren't hitting the ball hard enough. I think that was part of it. Anything that they did that they did hit hard was just becoming a lazy fly. Like I've been saying, MLB has a problem. They want shorter games, but they want more offense. You can't have both. Yeah, no, absolutely. They've, they've got to find a line. I don't agree with the way that they're going about it. Um, speaking of finding lines, these two teams crossed it. <laughs> we had our Yankees-Astros showdown. Now, this was obviously my favorite series of the entire week. Uh, fans have waited two years for this to happen. It was the Astros' return to the Bronx against the Yankees with fans, not complete fans, some fans, but the some fans brought it. Rob, do we have uh, audio from some of the crowd interaction that the, for that series? Yes, I do. Just give me a second. I'll put it up. PG so crowd this, this was an entertaining series in total. I don't know how many of you were able to watch it. Yankees take two out of three. They won the first two. Astros win the last one. Jose Altuve hits a home run on his birthday that basically clinches the game. Uh, but Altuve was god-awful until that game, yeah. the first two games of that series. And here we go. So this was to start the series. Bad in practice. Where's the audio, Rob? Yeah, we don't have audio on this. But – Yeah, one job. 
Weak, weak audio. I don't like it. Uh, what you were at this game, right, Henry? I was at game two. Um, game one game made one. me jealous. I was at home watching game yep. one, and I was jealous. I was ready to just hop on my motorcycle, head over to Yankee Stadium, and just be outside screaming like "fuck Altuve" and "you're a cheater." They were yelling to Ayuli Gurriel, "you're a racist." I just wanted to be in the atmosphere. Being home watching the game was crazy. I did go to game two. I didn't think it was going to be as crazy, and I was wrong. It was just as crazy. Uh, well, here we go. Let's see what we got here. This is a much louder one. This is during the game. Okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, I think they've gotten it the worst. Um, there was a moment in game two. I'm sitting in the stands with one of my closest friends. I'm sitting there with Hardy, and we're looking at the score, and I say, it's the eighth inning. I said, the Yankees put up two more runs here. We take a three-run lead. Going into the ninth, it's still a save situation. I know you didn't agree with me. I know a lot of people didn't agree with me. I'm sitting at the stadium. I said, it's a three-run lead. You have Correa coming up second. I said, if you get Alvarez out with the, you know, at the first batter, you, you're clear. If, you, if you're Chapman, you are clear to hit Correa. Absolutely clear. Instead, he strikes him out embarrassingly. And I'm like, livid. I'm pissed because Chapman <laughs> is not going to get another opportunity to hit these guys this year. We play them again. We play them in Houston. It's not going to be the same. They hit two of our players in that game on top of everything that happened. Look, if you're going to protect your team, that was the time to do it. I was all about Chapman throwing at Correa. Hit him. Don't go head hunting. Hit him in the ribs, throw at his backside, throw at his legs. He needed to hit Correa there, in my, in my opinion. I, uh, always, I'm always in support of Vigilant. Uh, I would have been okay with hitting a player, just not in that first series. Yankees, by the way, need to start winning these games, and they have. You know, Credit to them. They have won, I think, four series in a row and tied one of them. Um, in my mind, sweep them. That, that was what I wanted. Like that, that was my form of revenge. Show them – that in 2021, you are the better team, and there's nothing they can do cheating-wise this time around to change that. Uh, they take the first two, and they have Garrett Cole pitching in the finale, and they lose that one. Basically, the first bullpen meltdown of the entire season, Astros salvage one. So wow. that's the part that annoyed me. But this as far as hitting batters, I didn't care. I, I did not want, I wanted to win those games. This is why you're white and I'm Puerto Rican. <laughs> I wanted them to hit them. I wanted exactly. to fight. I wanted Chapman to beat the shit out of somebody. Chapman is like 300 pounds of muscle this year. I wanted judging. I wanted drama. I'm I don't. I, I don't. I don't even want that stuff because, from an MLB standpoint, we know how it's going to play out. We know Chapman's going to get suspended for like 15 games. We know that Altuve is going to get a fine. We know that Bregman's going to get like a stern talking to. They're going to like hit him on the wrist a little bit, and the Yankees are going to get fucked. That's what happens every single time in these situations. Right. So I don't need it. Take the race, for example. The race hit DJ LeMayhew, and then they brush him up and in near the head. The Yankees then hit one batter the next game. Chapman gets suspended because Kevin Cash throws a tantrum. That was it. And Kevin Cash threatens the entire team with a stable of 98 comments. Nothing. If no one Chapman gets suspended. got two games, it's totally worth hitting Correa. <laughs> he, he would be a repeat you know offender. Uh, if Chapman hit a batter, I guarantee you he gets more than five games. I absolutely knew that Garrett Cole was not going to hit somebody the next day. He was not going to hit his former teammates. You know, Matt, 
in your comment there, it, you look, if Chapman brought a gun onto the field, then I'd be okay with it if he did not hit anyone. That that was that incident. Well, we, we know he's a bad shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he wants to fire a gun in the air. That's a very Texan thing to do. I think Houston would have liked that. Um, but yeah, so I, it just a, an electric series. Rob, you had some other chance you wanted to talk about. What did you What did you hear watching I, that? Yeah, I heard um, over the radio. Um, I think Susan Waldman was um, trying was said something about that. It was one of the newer players of the Astros getting up on the at the plate, and basically the Yankees had no idea who he was, so they basically chanted. We don't know you. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I, I forgot. How could I forget my favorite chant? Because the minute it happened, I was telling you guys, the suck my dick chant. <laughs> That's right. I did hear that. Suck my dick chant on Monday, on Tuesday. That was the first game made my day. I'm telling you, Tuesday's game made me hype. I wanted to go to the stadium. I wanted to fight somebody wearing an Astro uniform. So the Yankees defense MVP of the series, the Yankees offense MVP of the series, the Yankees MVP of the series, uh, pitch the starting pitching MVP of the series, LVP of this entire series, the fans, the biggest MVP of the series, the worst part of this entire series was Michael Kay. <laughs> Just by every take he had, he's like, they're not giving it to Yuli, but they're giving it to everyone. They chanted, you heard it as well as I, they chanted, you're racist for his entire first game. It's funny to me because some of the guys in the baseball group didn't know what the hell they were talking about. I'm like, this yeah. is everything they fucking do goes under the rug. I have to bust out that picture every so often to remind to people, like, hey, the Astros are despicable far beyond TV. Yeah, it's, uh, it's got, they've got to be reminded. But Michael K, this entire, like, just, we can't repeat what they're saying. Like, shut up. Just shut. Like, know your fan base, dude. Oh, been I mean, I'm telling you, yo, look, in New York, we need a ghetto news network. I'm t I keep telling you, like, <laughs> we need a ghetto news network. We need guys, we need the weatherman dressed up in a bubble coat with Tim's and a hat. It's just a like, pair of Tim's. When it's cold, you just see a fucking brick on the screen. I, I need, I need, like, I need yours in the morning. I need, I need a ghetto news network. That shit'll rock. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's uh, a very enjoyable series. We have some highlights from it as well. This is the game that decided. This is the play that decided the first game. Uh, a little resident rat, Alex Bregman, which rats were a big theme in New York this week. Right. Uh, here's DJ bases loaded tie game, I believe. That's Bregman throwing it somewhere. Yuli, by the way, just doesn't come off the base for this, which cracks me up. And then he throws home and everyone dies. I mean, everyone dies. If you look closely, so Martin Maldonado faking it. He comes back like two games later, no concussion, nothing. He's obviously just, you know, a coward. Uh, Odor earned it. He goes on the IL. He, he actually hurt himself and nothing broken, fortunately for him. But there's Maldonado lying there in pain, presumably. That's my cousin. That's my cousin. The best part, best like, you know, we could laugh about it now because everyone's relatively okay. Uh, the best part about this, if you zoom in, I don't think we have it on here. If you zoom in close enough, Odoras, he's flying through the air, throws a little punch right at the umpire's dick. So it was actually three different guys taken out on one play. Um, three runs score on that error, by the way. It would have been one if Bregman throws it anywhere in the vicinity of Goriel. Goriel, like, kind of just doesn't come off the bag and credit to the Yankees for hustling. Odor, again, I've said this before, not a very good baseball player, not a very good hitter, but the man is a gamer. He plays his ass off. He had a great defensive play earlier in that game. And he did. And he's got some clutch hits. We're good, Rob. Yeah, no, Odor's so. been weird, man. He's not a good baseball player anymore. 
but he's come. I think every hit has been a big hit. Yeah, he's got, I think, five five game tying or or go ahead hits as a Yankee. He's only he's been a Yankee for like less than a month. So he's been, uh, I don't get it. He's just, you got to get in his head and just tell him every situation is like on on the game, you know, a high situation and he'll come through. And I think only one of them is a home run, too. So it just goes against his but, complete batting profile. When, when that collision happened, I'm like, there's no way Maldonado doesn't have a concussion, bro. His fucking helmet flew off. He got knocked, I he got knocked out. Yeah. He's on my fantasy team. I was like, damn, I out. I, and the dude is back two days later. Just goes to show you the strength of the Maldonados, baby. Yeah, I, I'm being, I don't, I don't think my facetiousness is coming across necessarily in the comment section. I'm being mostly sarcastic, obviously. Maltonado didn't fake that he got hurt, but he uh, he did not go on the IL, which is great for him. I just, I thought like you- don't go on the IL, damn it. When I, when I saw the play, I thought he got knocked out and I thought he had a concussion among other injuries. I didn't realize, you know, he dodged a bullet, put it that way. It's funny because he got a knee to the head and Odor was the one that landed on the aisle. Yeah, well, that's a very Yankee thing to do, I'm noticing, around baseball. Like, I see all these other injuries around baseball, Mike, that be out a month there, and they come back. Jazz Chisholm, perfect example. I thought that dude was going to be out for, like, two months. He's coming back this weekend. <laughs> He's been out two weeks. I'm convinced you just try to – you're starting to streak. That's, like, four straight podcasts. You just need to say Jazz Chisholm. <laughs> every, every, it's like your CCs. I'm just going to mention Jazz Chisholm every episode. Um, but, yeah, but, same wait, thing. But I just want to go back to my Chapman point because this is where – I'll say it again – Okay. If we had a CC Sabathia type player or CC Sabathia himself on the Yankees, Carlos Correa would be having stitches on his ribs from the baseball. This is where I pine and say, CC for Dong City. Every episode, I am trying my hardest to get CC on this goddamn podcast. So, like I said, that's a moment. If CC was the pitcher, he was the only guy we ever had. That had some balls in the last 10, 20 years, CC would have held hit his ass. Uh, I, I will say this about the retaliation street style. Had the Astros come back and and put that game away earlier, the finale game, like in the fifth inning instead of the eighth, I would have been all about just drilling someone at that point. That was my point, though. I didn't want it to be a game. It has to be sometime when it's blowout one way or the other, and then he can hit them. And then I can hear all the Astros fans cry about how retaliating and hitting a player is exactly like a systematic cheating scandal. And uh, and then everything's identical and everyone's even, because that's what they do. But in a close game, I just wanted to win, and they did two out of three, which, again, a little disappointing because Cole was pitching the finale and the bullpen failed him, but – Still, I'll take it. You know, we can't complain because the bullpen has been the best bullpen in baseball so far. So right, yeah, it, it was a rare dust up. They had another one the next day, but then they won the next two games with dominant bullpen pitching. So what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, here we have one other highlight from this. Very cool. I have seen. I think we all, as if you're a Yankee or Phillies fan, you remember Johnny Damon in the World Series steals second, realizes no one's on third, so he steals third as well. Well, check this play out, Rob. You can roll it. This is Aaron Hicks up. You've got. Glaber Torres on first base now. Now here's the play. He goes to second. No one's on third. He's going to go there. Correa's standing there like a complete asshole. No one's at home either. And all of a sudden, Glaber's going to score. So Glaber scores from first on an infield single because no one was covering third or home. That's on the pitcher for sure. 
Pitch and out. if you notice, Maldonado was back for the finale of this game and was not fast enough, obviously, to uh, catch Glaber there. So uh, Glaber, that's, that's great right. baseline. Yeah, Maldonado was doing the right thing in covering third. The pitcher was just standing there holding his job. Like, you got you to gotta cover home. Yeah, very frustrating. Astros, like I said, won the game. But at the time, that was a big play. They cut, cut the lead to one inning was still going. Um, I'm laughing <laughs> at Brian's comments. Yeah, the open the letter one's my favorite because it recirculates every so often. And it, I've sent the quotes from that report already where you're not going to get oh. anything we don't already know from that letter per sources who have seen the letter. I told you why those posts don't work, bro. You have to shorten the length of the quote. <laughs> well, yeah, I can't, can't help it if Texans can't read. Can't That's not my not, responsibility. You can't write a thesis to explain about the letter. Once you see see more and they got to click the dots, they don't want to see that. So you got to learn how to condense your thoughts. There are six different quotes that say you are not going to get anything we don't already know from the letter. Look, I'm, I am on the team open the letter bandwagon. Just open the letter so they can see there's nothing because... It, it was a stupid way to phrase it from the Yankee organization to make it seem like a bigger smoking gun, but I am 100% positive there will be nothing we haven't already heard in rumors about what the Yankees did. And I also guarantee 100% it will be nothing like what the Astros did. So it's a terrible argument based on hearsay. Uh, but anyway, those were my two. I think the two biggest plays of the series, just in terms of stuff you don't see very often, <laughs> Bregman's three-run error on the infield and Glaber scoring from first on an infield single. Very good. That leads us perfectly into our who's hot, who's not. Joey, if you're still watching, this is for you. Uh, we're going to start with who's hot, and that is the Mets clubhouse. <laughs> so uh, we had a weird scenario this week, and credit to the Mets at this point. Francisco Lindor probably gets his first major hit. He has a game-tying home run in the, in the week. And we have, uh, we have this incident. Do we have anything, any feed from what was going on with this Mets game? Yeah, our, this is where yeah, yeah, you got Michael Conforto walking to the dugout. Yeah, looking high as hell. Our man just makes a beeline inside. He's like, oh, shit. It's like high school. There's a fight. They fighting. Yeah, this was exciting. This like got my adrenaline going this when I saw dope. it. Look, this was dope. They, they ran inside. You know, the real story is there was a fight between Frankie and <laughs> Like that, you're just running with that with no proof whatsoever. No, there was a fight. There was a fight between <laughs> Frankie and Jeff McNeil, and then, you know, Frankie comes out with this bullshit story about they were debating whether they saw a New York City rat or a raccoon in the dugout, and the Mets kind of just ran with it. And I'm like, come on, man, just just be honest and transparent with the shit. Look, Frankie's a guy that I love. Um, dude's always smiling. He's always having fun. Frankie reminded Jeff McNeil, you don't fuck with a Puerto Rican, man. He showed him real quick. That smile went to that. He did that Kanye West when Kanye like, and Frankie whooped that ass. And Jeff McNeil did have a little black eye. So he learned quick. And, I, and I'm sure, but you know what? This, this type of shit happens all the time in, in clubhouses and dugouts. We just, we caught a glimpse of what was going on. This shit happens all the time. These guys, you know, spend more time with each other than they do their families. They'll be fine. You know, uh, um, John Flaherty was talking about how him and Randy Johnson didn't get along and, and they came, to, you know, blows a couple of times. So th this kind of stuff happens in clubhouses and it's no surprise here. We just got to see it. I think that, you know, strange way, this could be good for Lindor. Uh, <laughs> show a little bit of balls. You've been struggling, obviously, to get acclimated into New York, both 
I think through the media as well as at the plate and, you know, your performance, get into a little scuffle guy is respected Jeff McNeil on the Mets Mets starting to play better. Uh, they, they were scuffling for a while. Now they've won a few in a row. So yeah, I've got no problem. I was never worried about Lindor. I keep telling people Lindor is an absolute superstar. He'll be fine. That transition from Cleveland to New York. It's a big one. And you have to be the guy here. And Cleveland, you had a ton of other stars. You are the man here. You got the contract. You got the first big contract from that owner. There's a lot of pressure. I I think it's the combination. You're coming from obscurity media wise in Cleveland. Uh, probably the second, maybe third best player on that team in terms of who's being paid attention to. You used to have a guy like Bauer taking the media attention away. Uh, You have a Hall of Fame manager in Francona over there. So there is a lot of defense for Francisco Lindor. He signs a $300 plus million contract before he plays a game. It, that, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a big adjustment. It'd be a big adjustment if it wasn't Queens. If it was some other big market, it'd still be a big adjustment. But I do think this is the like, maximum when, adjustment. You know when Lindor makes that change? When he starts hitting well and the media shows him that love because mm-hmm. New York media will crush you, but they will also show you love like no one else when you are that man and Frankie is going to be that guy. I, A-Rod can tell you all about that. He's, he had the highest of the highs and lowest of the lows with the Yankees. And, what did you say? I said, ask Randy Johnson. Remember his first day he pushed over? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Randy Johnson, by all accounts, seems like a resident asshole. So, uh, I yeah. But um, I, I mean, A-Rod might be too. I have no idea. But anyway, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, Lindor starts hitting. He starts get you know, Mets get hot a little bit. They get into a playoff hunt. He's going to they're complete 180. Um. Other things that are hot, no hitters. So we mentioned Means wasn't even the only no hitter of this week. The other one belonging to Wade Miley on the Reds. Uh, so congratulations to Wade, yet another like journeyman pitcher who throws a no hitter recently. Uh, if you love no hitters, good for you. You got to see another one. You know who else is scorching? Who's that? Last from the past, Brandon Crawford. How about like the entire Giants core? Buster Posey's hot. Uh, Evan Longoria started hot. Brandon on a- Crawford had um, three home runs, eight RBI, had a thirty percent walk rate, and he's slugging ten seventy seven. He's just killing the ball this week. Yeah, they've had a resurgence early. I don't know if it's going to last, but their older guys who are not really that old, they're like in their early thirties, are uh, are having a resurgence there over in San Francisco. It's nice to see someone challenging out west. Um, beside on well, the Padres are too, it's just becoming a competitive division, which you never would have expected. Thought it was a two team race. Um, other, other, so defense, uh, Rob, I know we had a couple highlights here. Here's a guy who usually is maligned for his defense. This is Clint Frazier over in left field, Yankees nationals, uh, Yankees taking two out of three from this series as well. Even as Max Scherzer stomped all over their testicles for an entire day, the Yankees still won the game. Clint Frazier making a nice catch there. Again, not known for his defense. Left field in Yankee Stadium, a pretty difficult place to play. Uh, the right field. Play that again. I want you to see something. I'm more impressed with the route than the actual dive. Rob, play that one more time. Watch the route. Look at the route he takes to this ball. That's what really impressed me. Right to the spot. Yep. That yep. route was absolutely beautiful. The dive is, is phenomenal, but that route running to me is, is fantastic. 
Uh, and he probably doesn't make the catch unless he takes a route like that. So that's the stuff you don't see necessarily live. Uh, you kind of have to go back and watch it. But uh, here's the other big highlight for me defensively. <laughs> this just happened last night, and it was very cool to see. Pedro Rio posted oh, it. It was so fun. Yeah. Um, this is Braves Phillies. And check out this play. <laughs> it's hard to see in regular motion, but he's going to, here you go. He's going to make a behind. I mean, this is just a total stab in the dark making that catch. And he makes it seem like he just knew it was going to happen. Like he wasn't just remember, trying out of nowhere. Remember a few years ago when, when Baez had, was already pointing, I think it was in WBC. He, he caught a tag and he was pointing yeah. before the ball got there. If you look at that play again, the pitcher, as the ball is coming this way, he holds his glove. He's already facing second base because yeah. he knows he's throwing there before he catches the ball. That play was yeah. so badass. Very, very impressive play. Um, Braves win that game, too. I, I don't think, though, that was the crazy game. I think that was the next day. That was the next day. Yeah, so Braves and Phillies just had a phenomenal well, – I don't know what it is about these weekend games, but – that one, uh, Phillies took the lead, Braves tied it. Phillies took the lead by three in extra innings. Braves tied it. Braves walk off. Great game. Yeah, Indeed. I think like four weeks in a row now, we have a series that have just encapsulated the entire weekend, and you just had great baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Dodgers, Padres, last week it was uh, Phillies, Mets. Yeah, it's, it's just a lot of good baseball. Yep. Um, yeah, so those were those were nice to see. Uh, walk-offs. We've had a a couple of teams, Yankees and Braves, known as, you know, supposed to be contenders this year. Both had a ton of problems. Braves didn't have a hit in extra innings going into this weekend. Yankees didn't have a win. And the Yankees win back-to-back games on walk-offs. Not an, one was extra innings. The next one, they win the ninth on a walk-off. And the Braves, not only have their first hit, they have their first extra inning win in the aforementioned game where they came back twice in extra innings to win that game against the Phillies. So they're off the hide there. Uh, they get their first three combined wins in walk-off fashion. Neither one had one, I don't think. And then, of course, we've got ML, uh, and here it is. Nice. So this is one of them. Um, this was the crazy game, and this, that was the walk-off. I love when they just give up on it. I mean, I know, you know, there's nothing you can do, but it's just funny. Um Braves were, like I said, down 7-4 entering the 12th, bottom of the 12th. They come back for four in the 12th to win it after coming back in the 10th down a run to tie it. And uh, and they get their win there. And yeah, last and, and lose at the same time. Yep. And uh, and last highlight or last uh, thing to point out here for us hot minor league baseball's back. It's been over a year. They didn't play at all last season. Uh, so far, a lot of guys just killing the ball. In the minors, uh, I, I know in the Yankee system, I know other places too, but minor league baseball is back. You can finally tune into some of those games. If you're into following prospects, we'll actually know what kind of progress they're making. No more alternate site bullshit. So that's nice to see. No, definitely. Um, James posts a lot of the uh, the Yankee prospects who are just killing it um, in A-ball. And, and of course, we are all overreacting, of course. Yeah. I Hey, 10 games. Good enough for me. Send them up. He's in high A ball, but who cares? Um, yeah, so th- those are the who's hot. Now, who's not going to go after MLB as I usually do here? Uh, and this is a follow-up to last week. We talked about the Reds-Cubs confrontation. I was very much on the side of the Reds in this case because I didn't understand why Baez was coming out of the dugout to begin with. 
And the aftermath, MLB was on the side of the Cubs. They suspended Amir Garrett for seven games. He's a reliever, so we're probably talking about like four games he could have actually pitched as opposed to a starter. You suspend them seven games, you're missing one start. Pretty severe suspension. I guess he's a repeat offender. I don't know really what that has any bearing on this situation because he didn't even hit anyone. Uh, But he was suspended for inciting a riot, which is weird to me because Baez gets a fine, even though he came out of the dugout threatening the other team. Apparently, that's not inciting a riot. Two weeks, you have two altercations with Puerto Ricans. I'm sensing a trend here. Yeah, so this week is going to get into it with a player. You'll see. This is a situation where I thought, first of all, I don't think either either guy should be suspended. Like no punches were thrown. There was no fight here. There's no reason to punish either one of them. They got hot. It's a passionate game. You want passion in the game, which is the whole thing we talked about last week. We'll let them play. You know, this is like a hockey fight. Like if they just shove each other, you're suspending them. It makes no sense. Let's be real. Baseball has the weakest fights. We've talked about this several times. Nothing happens. Fans comes in, dugouts come in, guys push each other. Yeah, Derek Jeter was famous for that shit. You know, never, never got into a fight. Look, I'm the Yankees. I got Aaron Judge. I got Luke Voigt. I got Stanton. I want to fight. Yeah. I want to fight. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I'm with you. But in this case, there was no fight. There shouldn't have been any suspension. And then on top of it, you suspend Garrett for way longer than he deserved. He should have gotten like two or three games if he's going to get suspended. And then you don't suspend Baez at all. And it, if Baez didn't come out of that dugout, there's nothing to talk about. So it's just a bizarre Who was it that I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Someone got suspended last week for two games for an incident, and I can't remember who it was. We talked about it last week. It wasn't the bias incident. It was the. Uh, I already, I already forgot. How was Alvarez? It happened against the Mets, I think. Oh, the fat guy on the field. Yeah, he only got two yeah, games. Alvarez, Alvarez. Yeah. He he only got two games. Yeah. I don't see how Amir Garrett gets more than that. Totally weird to me. Um. So anyway, MLB's screwing it up there. And then we've got the, my Kansas City Royals with my Mike Matheny manager of the year. He is now facing adversity officially. The Royals, as we expected, have hit earth and they've hit it hard. They've lost nine out of 10. They fall under 500. They're now in third place. Um, they were in first place at this time last week. The White Sox getting hot. They've won seven out of 10. They're in first. And the Indians somehow with no offense whatsoever just continue to not be bad they're in second. So the Royals have fallen to earth hard. They're in third place. Now all of a sudden you can start focusing on how they don't have an offense and they have a negative 31 run differential and it's probably going to get worse. So one game under 500, negative 31 run differential. That does not indicate good things are ahead for a team like that. Um, So Royals hitting earth. Now we move on to uh, our injury portion here some big ones this was a bad week for baseball injuries Alex Kurilov who if you didn't get to watch him for the twins just phenomenal I mean it just really he's one of those players who came onto the scene and he really really struggled for like six weeks five six weeks and then he got red hot hit like three home runs had a few doubles and he's out with a wrist injury and again if it's a Yankee if it's Andujar for example he's going to be out two or three months for Kirillov, he's expected back next week. So we're talking a two-week wrist injury. I've never heard of that in my life, but apparently if you're not a Yankee, that's possible. Yeah. You have so, uh, you got a yeah. couple of other big names on the injured list. We have uh, Joey Votto. 
who was just yeah. getting hot. Joey Votto was, you know, starting off good. He's looking like old Joey Votto. He's hurt. Uh, Gio Urshela, not on the aisle, but he's he's hurt. Brunette Odor, uh, Cunha, man, Ronald Acuna Jr. That's a big one. And uh, Jacob deGrom, who is not hurt. They said he's not hurt, but he's on the aisle. Yeah, so... I feel like last year this happened too with DeGrom where he like just has these little naggers that they he pushed him back. Um, I think his last start, they pushed him back a day. Yeah. Um, what the hell? Are we still going? I yeah, just yeah. got a notification yeah. that we're signed out. That's why. No, it's still good from no, our end. Here. Okay. Um, yeah. So here's my thing on DeGrom. This is a little bit of a, a hot take here. And, and I love DeGrom. I hope, obviously, this doesn't happen to him. I'm just relating to DeGrom based on age. Because Jacob DeGrom is how old? 32? 31? 32? I'm going to make sure I get this right first. So Jacob DeGrom, uh, the big thing with him is that innings-wise, he's basically still in his prime. He's like a 28-year-old. If you, if you simply look at his innings on his arm, so his arm not really in jeopardy, um, now he is 32 years old. He will be 33 on June 19th. I will be 34 on June 28th. Here's the one thing I'm going to say. Um, when you hit your early to mid thirties, as I'm sure a lot of you can relate, it's not necessarily your arm. If you're a pitcher, it's just the rest of your body can start to have these lingering little issues. And that's my main concern for DeGrom as he heads into his mid thirties here is that he might like his body is still in its mid thirties, even if his arm isn't in terms of major league baseball. So it's things like your right lat and stuff like you can just wake up and get tightened up, tightened up. Um, I think you might see more of that. So if you're expecting the Grom to make his, you know, 34 starts every year, that might start to go to the wayside a little bit. Um, but obviously his arm is still in great shape as evidenced by the fact nobody can touch him, but that's something I'm interested in monitoring. It's not really something you're going to pick up in analytics, obviously is, is his body just in its mid thirties and is that going to have an impact? I think Jake is fine. He doesn't have a lot of innings on him. Um, those needles are still fresh. I mean, he, he, Jake is good. <laughs> yeah. It's certainly not in any sort of insertion area. Is he, uh, is he going to get hurt? I guess they protect that. Well, so DeGrom out, he should be back. I think he's only supposed to miss one start, which is now combined. No, probably. It's also smart. I think sometimes the teams have to protect themselves from themselves. And I think by putting DeGrom on the IL, they guarantee that he's not doing anything for the couple of days. You know what I mean? I think yes. yeah. I think it's one of those things where you know let's outsmart ourselves, put him on the IL. Even if he says he's feeling better, he still needs a few days to go. A little extra rest can't hurt nobody right now. Yeah, and the lat's not really something I'd mess with. It's kind of like the pitching version of the oblique to me, in that it's just you don't want that to be an actual injury because it'll linger for a while. So just rest up a little bit, a few days, just get off your get off your feet. And uh, he should be back. But I am curious to see if these old nagging things. I feel like Scherzer is the same thing. He's got more innings than DeGrom. But it's just these little naggers here and there that are going to, you know, we'll see how often they happen. So those are our main injuries. There's Vado, DeGrom, and Kirillov. Um, here's where we can go now. We're going to go around the league real quick, give you some updates. We have two games underway so far. Reds, Pirates, Suarez finally, thank God, hitting a home run. He has been just terrible this year. Jacob Stallings for the Pirates also has a home run, but the Reds up 3-1 in that game early on. 
Uh, Red Sox Orioles underway there in the third. Orioles are up one nothing. Ryan Mountcastle, maybe he's getting a little hot, hits a home run against the Red Sox, although I think he just always hits the Red Sox hard. So uh, we will be monitoring those games as we go. And now we get to around the league in general. Let's let's take it left to right. We'll go AL East. Hey, Red Sox are your number one power rankings team now, 22 and 13, first place in the East. They're up three and a half on the Yankees who have moved into a tie with Tampa for second place in the East. They have your best record in the AL, which if that continued the entire season, that means they're going to win the World Series. It happens every time. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. You got to give them credit. They're playing, they've been playing great ball out the gate. Goes back to yeah. managing. I'm telling you, a good manager makes a big difference. And I think that's what you're seeing here with that team on paper. They should not be this good. Offense, pitching is not there. Not on paper, at least. I think that they're definitely the manager makes a difference. I, I mean, last year they out, they obviously mailed it in. <laughs> they weren't that bad. They played that bad. Um, they had a lame duck manager. We all knew it was kind of a 60 game season, not a great sample size. They'd never looked good from the start 2019 though. They also weren't very good. Um, but this is a team in my mind. I had, I had battling 500, um, their pitching is bad and the metrics will back that up. Eventually that's, I think where you're going to see the major regression, Matt Barnes pitching like a hall of famer, I, you know, that whole bullpen, we started to see a, some chinks in the armor, um in that the bullpen a little bit of of collapsing going on a little bit of regression the rotation though is the big thing martin perez not gonna be pitching like this nick pavetta is not gonna be pitching like this all year Evaldi's not gonna be pitching period all season you do get chris sale back and we'll see what chris sale it is i assume it's going to be a really good one because he's a freak but uh i don't see the pitching keeping this up but i did defend the hitting as far as the beginning of the season they killed it in spring training i think the hitting's for real um, and for that reason, they should be a team that's going to be competitive. I just don't think that they're going to be able to last as long as either the Yankees, Rays, or Blue Jays by the end of the season. Take your pick. I, I think uh, Brian Horsford makes a good point, which I think they've played the O's 12 times already this year. Yeah, another uh, Yankees and Red Sox have not played yet this season, and I believe they've played the Rays like once, maybe twice, probably once. I don't think they've played the Blue Jays either, so... I'm curious. We can pull that up with the Red Sox schedule. Um, I don't recall too many challenging games. I know they haven't played the t the like Astros either, but you know, credit to the Red Sox in that they are 22 and 13. Any stretch of schedule, that's the sign of a team that's not bad. Um, yeah, today, um, makes, today makes ten times that they're playing the, the O's. I mean, look, you guys, that's what you're supposed to do, right? You're supposed to get fat off those teams. So they're doing what they're supposed to do. They've played Detroit a few times. I mean, look, I, the schedule is the schedule. You know what I always say? You play who's on your schedule. Right. And it'd be hypocritical to say otherwise. Yankees pitching against really, you know, they're pitching against bad offenses and they're shutting them down. Well, that's what you want to do against bad offenses. That's a sign of good pitching. So uh, you can't hate it there. But May, they've played the Rangers, Tigers, and Orioles so far. They do have the athletics coming up after this series. That should be a pretty nice test for them. If you go to April, they started with the Orioles. They did play the Rays once. They swept them. Uh, Orioles, Twins, they all, they won three out of four, So, but the Twins have been awful, so I don't know what that means yet. And the White Sox, of course, they split, so that was a nice series for them. They did play the Blue Jays. They split that. They won three out of – they split with the Mariners. 
They swept the Mets in a two-game series, and the other one was Rangers. So not a whole lot. I mean, I don't think it's any different than anyone else's schedule so far. But, um, the you know, basically the good teams are playing 500. The bad teams are beating. So you add all that up, it could be a 90-win season if it, if it continues. I just don't think the pitching will. And the AL East is rising. I mean, every team in the AL East outside of the O's have a positive run differential. So. Yeah, AL East getting tougher. Yankees have won 10 out of 12. Um, they take two out of three from the Astros. They swept the Tigers. They took two out of three from the Nationals. Um, they are on their way at this point. It looks like I'm still not enamored with the offense. They weren't good against the Nationals. They weren't really good against the Astros. Um, obviously helped by that Bregman error in the first game. They can't seem to string three games together in a row where the offense looks good. That's been the one trend I've seen. But the pitching's been phenomenal. You're getting Luke Voigt back apparently tomorrow is the rumor. And Miguel Andujar is back. He's struggling, but it's, you know, it's been two games. Uh, and then he got oh, he got designated, he got sent back down. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, he's on the alternate site. He got demoted. So typical Yankee fashion there. They want Tyler Wade over Miguel Andujar. Try and figure that one out. Um, but yeah, you're getting Voigt back tomorrow. That you know, I I say a lot about Luke Voigt. I don't like him in this offense, but he is better than the alternative. <laughs> so uh, we'll see how that goes. Gio's been out of the lineup. We'll see if him and Voigt can stay on the field at the same time and see what that leads to. So there's some upside there for the Yankees. Rays 19 and 17 plus one run differential. They're basically playing exactly how they should based on the way that they've performed. Um, Yankees raise big series coming up starting tomorrow. That's a nice barometer for the Yankees before they have the Orioles and Rangers after that. So you take a series. Finally, if you're the Yankees from the Rays, you can really get on a run here, maybe get yourself like 10 games over 500. Um, but we'll see. They can't beat the Rays, have it for two years. So we'll see what happens. Jays one game over 25, right? They, you know, the offense is there pitching as right over there. a key. Yeah, they're right there. I mean, they scored 25 plus runs. And they're sitting in fourth place. It's a head scratcher. Their pitching came out the gate hard. I don't know what's going on with them lately. It's a little scary because the pitching's doing so great and they're not really capitalizing off of it. So you have to be a little worried there. Um, AL Central, Maddie's, Maddie's White Stocks, man, they have turned it on. A little bit of cold water. Look, they've got a plus 53 run differential. That is fantastic. I mean, they, they are bludgeoning teams. They're 19 and 13. They're game in first place. They've won seven out of 10. All those are good. Here's my little bit of cold water for the White Sox. Uh, this goes back to an old Bill Simmons theory called the Ewing theory, that when you lose your best player, you have a little bit of an adrenaline surge afterwards. They just lost Louis Robert. Um, they also obviously lost to Lloyd to start the season, but they lose him. And I think that's what you're seeing right now. It, it's they're, they're performing really well without him, but I don't know if that's a long-term thing. Um, but their pitching has been even better than the Yankees pitching. It's the best pitching in the AL. So if that continues, you can sustain it. I wonder if there's a Hall of Fame player who was recently cut that might end up in Chicago <laughs> with his old manager. I don't know. Just wondering. Well, nothing much to say about the AL Central. Let's move to the AL West here. And that is, uh, yeah, so you got Oakland still in first, Astros in second, and no help of losing two out of three of the Yankees. Mariners staying above 500 for now that will i'm sure change because they're the mariners and once late may hits their season oakland, ends oakland baby oakland still holding i told you yep right this division shaping up exactly how we thought in the preseason you can ignore the, the run differential for oakland because i think they started out the gate so far yep. behind 
So they'll and be they were negative 40 in the first six games. So look at it in that scope. They're Houston, plus 30 cents. Houston's going to outscore them on the, on the season. That's just that's how it's going to be. But I think Oakland finishes still in first place. Yep. And then you've got the Angels. All right, I take it back. The Angels are the most disappointing team. Uh, besides the Twins, who are 12 and 20, which is unfathomable to me, the then, Angels are uh, probably the most disappointing team in the AL. I didn't realize they were in last place. Yeah, last place, only team under 500 in the entire division. I really assume, I, I honestly assume Texas was in last place. Yeah, well, they should be. But the Angels have been, that offense, I've been, I watch them every night because I've got Walsh and Trout on my fantasy team. That offense has been in a coma <laughs> lately. If Trout's not hitting 420 on that team, they don't score. So, like, Otani's been the only one who's doing anything in that offense. Um, Ooh, that team sucks. Yeah, and the pitching is not good to begin with. They've lost seven out of ten, negative twenty-seven run differential. Now it, it's a bad product. It's Albert Pujols' fault. So Albert Pujols, he was cut from the Angels, which I know we have two very, very, very galactically different views on this subject. So I'll let you start. Give me your little sign off for Albert Pujols. First of all, do you think he's going to catch on with another team? And second of all, just give me your overall thoughts on Pujols. I think as a player, he's done. I think as a player, he's been done. Mm -hmm. I think what he's meant to this game, he deserved to go out on better terms than this. Now, we don't know what happens on the inside of their offices. Maybe they said, hey, you know, retire. We'll still pay you your money. Maybe they said, you know, be a consultant to the team, kind of like the Yankees did with A-Rod, and we'll still pay you your salary. Your salary will be whatever your amount. I don't know. I just think you have a guy like Albert Pujols, who is a first ballot Hall of Famer, who is probably the biggest threat to the GOAT of first base of all time, who had so many memorable moments. I, I just, I, it feels wrong that he's going out this way. If there's a player that deserved a farewell, a farewell tour, it's Albert Pujols. He, he deserved one. That man has put the Cardinals on his back. Say what you want about his Angels contract. I don't blame him for leaving the Cardinals. I mean, he, he got paid so much money, he had to take it. Albert Pujols has been the best player of this generation, period. Not Miguel Cabrera, not anyone else but Albert Pujols. He passed the mantle to Mike Trout, who is now the best player of the generation. And his career should end in a better way. This just leaves a really, really bad taste in my mouth as an Albert Pujols fan. I agree in the sense, and this is nothing that's going to be earth shadowing. The optics by the Angels was piss poor. Um, this is a guy at the Yankees, if you remember, in 2016, did this correctly. They announced a date of which Mark Teixeira would no longer be on the team. And Mark Teixeira is nowhere near Albert Pujols, but he is still a very reputable player. You know, he, he was significant at the time. Um, they announced A-Rod would be retiring from the team and be kept on as a consultant to earn the rest of his salary, essentially. Both of those independently are classy moves. You're paying A-Rod through his contract. You're keeping him to the team, but you're saying, hey, you are no longer even worth your roster spot. We're going in a different direction. And with Teixeira, they said, hey, you were forcing you to retire. I mean, if you remember Teixeira's press conference, he was sad. Like he, I don't think he was ready to retire, but they retired him. I don't have a problem with either one of those things with Albert Pujols. If the Angels wanted to say to Albert Pujols, we are going to retire you. Your roster spot is no longer useful to us. We have some guys we want to look at. We're going in a different direction. 
if they want to offer him a spot in the organization, if they want him to explore free agency, whatever it is. And the rumor from Angels fans, that uh, some Angels fans, is that Pujols asked for this because he wants to chase some milestones. He wants more playing time. Fine. Either way, in either scenario, you have to have an exit plan from a PR standpoint, no pun intended. And they didn't do it. You cannot, this can't be a Willie Randolph Met situation where in the middle of the night, you're like, you're out. It's Albert Pujols. You, you have to give more respect. To it. So in that, in that sense, I agree with you. There had to be a, hey, Albert Pujols is playing his final week. Sunday's his final game. At least wherever he is in the world, you start on that day. It's the Angels are not going anywhere. And you have him get a send off from whatever fans are in the crowd. Um, if you're not going to give him a retirement tour, which look, he hasn't earned it. He's way, way beyond his prime. Um, but you had to do something. And to have a, a memo come out at like 7 p.m., whatever day of the week it was, to be like the Albert Pujols getting cut, I don't care if he even asked for it. That's just terrible optics. It's so bad, especially when you're a big market like the Angels playing in L.A. I mean, teams like the Dodgers are going to laugh at this. Like they would never – like teams – Teams in big markets like this don't do it this way. And the Angels never seem to learn their lesson in that regard. You have to eat the money. You have to do it ceremoniously. You, you have to handle this in a much better way. And like I said, Albert Pujols absolutely deserved better, man. And this man's going to end his career with over 600 home runs, over 1,800 RBIs, 3,200 hits. I mean, th- this man is the, the best player we've seen in the last 20, 30 years, maybe. Yeah, and... I mean, that's the other thing. He shared some really big milestones with the Angels. Granted, a lot of them were without fans because they happened last year, but it's uh, this is a guy who, yeah, I mean, I mean like, he sells tickets because even when the Angels sucked, they right. were selling fucking three, four million tickets a year. I was going to say he didn't earn his contract, but he still was a draw for a while with the angels earlier in his tenure with the angels. So this is a guy that, yeah, it's just bad, it's bad optics. I mean, the angels just do this. This is an organization with such a bad image in my mind. I don't think they nearly get the credit for how bad it should be. I mean, you've got drug scandals, death scandals. Uh, they can't develop pitching. They can't develop prospects. Joe Adele looks like a clown anytime he's on a field. I mean, this is, there's so many bad things going on with this organization. This is a, a gimme and they, they can't, they can't nail it. It's just, it's what sad. What's that? What do you think he does? I think he, I think he will play again with a team. I think someone's going to sign him. It'll be a total PR thing like Tebow on the Mets, but someone will sign him who's not contending and, uh, and he'll get some at bats. He'll get some ovations from the crowd and then that'll be it. I don't even know if it'll last the entire season. I think he has not played his last game yet. He can't go out like that. If, if he stood with the Cardinals his whole career and this happened, I'd say you won't see him again. Because right. he's already put on another jersey, I think you'll see him again, and I think you'll see him with the White Sox. White Sox? Uh, well, t- so Tony La Russa, who's the only man in baseball older than Albert Pujols, uh, <laughs> said that he has no interest. So we'll see. I get the fit. Um, a team like Cleveland, like what, what are they using at their DH spot? I would love to see him go back to St. Louis, but they don't have a need for him. They don't have a spot for him. And they don't have a DH this season, which is the big part. He's got to stay in the AL in my mind. Um, and yeah, uh, it's not going to be the Twins. The, no- point, the Angels still have Mickey Cowley and not Albert Pujols. Yeah, great, great point. I, I, that's like, this is the stuff. I mean, you can be a bad organization who's not playing well, but you 
can totally avoid just being a bad organization. <laughs> right? The Angels are a bad organization. They have a PR issue. They don't make the correct decisions. This is how you become a toxic organization. And then players don't want to play there. And oh, by the way, they've got the best player of the last decade. And they are wasting his career. I mean, it doesn't tarnish Trout's legacy in my mind. It tarnishes the Angels' legacy while Trout was there by the, not being able to field anything remotely competitive around him for 10 years. There you go. You bring him to the Yankees. You sit him on the bench and you just let him talk to some of these players. That's it. That's what I'm paying you for. I'd take Pujols tomorrow as a batting coach. He wants to come here and just take over Marcus Tame's job. I'd take that in a heartbeat. Imagine and, how much Mike Trout has learned from Albert Pujols. Yeah. Mike I, Trout, I, we know it's out of this galactic talent, but imagine how much you learn from sitting next to Albert Pujols every day. If the Yankees didn't have the, the Stanton full-time DH thing, I would say, sure. <laughs> Why not? He's, Pujols probably could still hit as well as like half this lineup right now. Um, but yeah, I, he can't fit on the Yankees roster, but I would absolutely love him in the organization. I don't think anyone would turn that down. But if he's going to play again, like Baltimore, maybe. Imagine Pujols without the goatee. <laughs> Well, he can, he can wear a goatee on the Yankees. Common misconception. I don't know if he'd even have to trim it that much. But, um, like, Orioles, Indians, Royals, I don't know what their DH situation is. Maybe? Shit, put them on the Tigers. Oh, Just let join Mickey. Um, I yeah, I mean, there's, not, there's not that many landing spots for him. Texas, I feel like that'd be a random, somehow a good fit. You want to think it's a contender, but then the only teams that – he fits our non-contenders. Seattle. I think I think it's gonna be a non-contender. Honestly, I think it would just be a PR stint. By time, he can sit with a bunch of young guys like a Mariners type organization, and he, just gets, he gets nothing money. out of this but baseball. He's getting his money regardless. Yeah, money and he, wherever he goes, he get league minimum. Same thing with Edwin Encarnacion when he got cut. Yankees took him; they only paid him league minimum, prorated for the rest of that season. So you're you're spending basically nothing. You're using a roster spot, which is why I think it has to be a non-contender. And you're getting basically a tutor, uh, and you have to just give him some at-bats. It, it, it's, there's a fit there somewhere. I just don't know specifically where. If I'm the Yankees, I give him some money and I say, yo, join our organization as a hitting instructor or something. Yeah, in a heartbeat. Uh, they've done it with every other superstar. So uh, so that's the AL. We move to the NL. Uh, Mets back in first place over the Philly. No one wants to get a handle on that division at all. Uh, Mets are over 500. Phillies are over 500. Braves are up to 500, which pay attention to that. Um, and then you got the Marlins Nationals under 500. But that is just a very mediocre division right now that the Mets are capitalizing on. So good for them. Negative three run differential, by the way, but three years. Fourth with the only team with a positive run differential. Figure that one. Yeah, Marlins plus 19. They're three games under. It's, it's a very weird division. Uh, NL Central is basically the opposite of the NL East for me so far this year, and it's very early, but they're playing a lot better <laughs> than I thought they would. Our Brewers lost the lead. Who did? Our Brewers. Oh, yeah. Brewers, no. Cardinals are hot. Eight out of 10, plus 23 run differential. There's 21 and 17, just among the best records in baseball. They got hot. Uh, they're in first now, Brewers in second. Brewers doing their thing, shitty run differential, but they win close games. It's kind of what their thing is. Same with the Rays. I don't pay too much attention to those run differentials. Uh, Cubs 
shit on them all the time. They're 500 right now. So they're, they're treading water, which is fine. I think they'll be a little worse than that when the year ends, but they won seven out of 10. They beat the hell out of the Dodgers. So that's great. Uh, and here they are sitting in third place. It's not really any, <laughs> I think one of us had third, one of us had fourth. So not really better, but they are 500. Reds underachieving as usual. Pirates in last as usual. And then we get to the West, which is really becoming interesting. You've got the Giants in first, one and a half. They're 20 and 14. So Giants and Cards, those are the two teams. Before we, before we continue, the Giants played their ass off last year. 60-game season, everyone said it was a fluke. Well, 44 games into this – no, 34 games into this season, plus the 60 games, maybe the Giants aren't a fluke after all. I don't, yeah, I they are that one team. I don't know what to make of them. I watch them on occasion. I have a very close friend who's a massive Giants fan, so I'm always getting updates from them. Uh, we obviously watch Mike Talkman together, but uh, <laughs> that lineup is pretty good. <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty good lineup. They they do a lot of things that you like, and the pitching in San Francisco they seem to just be able to get like slightly above average pitching out of guys you think are bad. Uh, that's how I would phrase it. Um, and then the Padres, 19 and 16. Padres and Dodgers have not taken off yet. You know, Dodgers did. They came back to earth. Padres were underachieving. And then they got hot. Now they're okay. Uh, and then Arizona and Colorado rounding out that division. But the Giants in first, and they honestly, there's nothing so far in the way that they're playing that I don't think is sustainable. It's just their their core, which fell so far, is now back to their potential. We keep saying that, and, and yet they keep playing. I mean, at some point, we just got to, it's got to be what it is. Yeah, I'm along for the ride. Uh, there's some ups, <laughs> I think some passive aggressiveness in the comments that we kind of brushed over what Otani is doing. Uh, it, look, I, he's the best player on the Angels pound for pound right now. Um, and that might include Mike Trout, but Trout, Trout and Otani put it this way are carrying that franchise. Trout is the man on that team. I don't care what Otani is doing. Otani has been healthy, which is the biggest thing. Um, I haven't paid too much attention to the pitching side of things because he pitches like once a week sporadically, but I still think he should be a reliever, like a lights out back of the bullpen type reliever. Um, day one. Yeah. And, uh, but it is often, I mean, he's crushing the ball. Mike Trout, obviously the best hitter on that team. And then you've got Jared Walsh having a nice season, but you put everything together with the Angels and they just never seem to have it. It's bizarre. Um, yeah, I had, to, I had to look it up because I will always defend Mike Trout. Mike Trout is still having the best season of the two. Yeah, what's he down to, like 370? Because he's been slumping a little bit. 376, how dare he? <laughs> yeah. Why is it 100 points less? Yeah, that was out of turn. I used a very 2018 Rookie of the Year logic there in saying that Otani is their best player because he also pitches, uh, regardless of the offensive stats. Across the board, it's Trout. It's always Trout. It will always be Trout. What is Otani's pitching numbers, out of curiosity? Because um, yeah. I know he's been hitting the ball well. Otani, 18 innings pitched. He has a 14.46K through nine, which is crazy. Yeah. That's good. Um, he is walking a lot of batters. That's not good. Not good. Um, I mean, he's okay. I don't think he's pitching his lights out as Angel fans will lead you to believe. He's got a 2.41 ERA, but it's very limited innings. You know yeah, I, I mean, they, they pick and choose their battles with him and always have. Like I said, with him, he, you put him in the bullpen and, and you have a lights out reliever. That's what you do. 
Yeah, I, I, we're in agreement there. I don't think Eddie agrees with us. I think he should be like an eighth, ninth inning guy. He should be a shutdown reliever. Uh, I think that would improve his walks and his strikeouts because you could just fling it while you're out there. And uh, Eddie, he can only pitch either from the stretch or from the windup and you simplify things. And as far as subbing him out, if you had to, um, you know, it's just easier if it's later in the game. You know you're getting seven innings out of him in the field and you can probably switch him back to the field if you wanted to. You could play first base for two innings. Not only that, so, you can only get 18 innings out of him. It, it, it's so sporadic that I, I think you're doing him a disservice too. Yeah. Well, he's pitched 18 innings. We're in mid-May. So if he pitched as a reliever two, three days a week, two innings a pop, you're talking six innings a week, he'd be pitching way more. Yeah. So you're, you're maximizing his pitching. The dude's lights out. He throws triple digits up on Put him in a fucking bullpen. What I'm saying, they won't do it. They're the Angels. Uh, Reds update, they are now running away with it. They're up 7-1 on the Pirates, and the Red Sox have tied it against the Orioles thanks to a sack fly by Raphael Devers. Uh, so there you go. Joey throwing some shade, looking to sleep on the couch tonight. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good point. Angels do have to have leads towards the end of the game for them to be useful at all. Um so let's get in here to our last two segments here. This one, our dong of the week, we did not forget. We talked about our walk-offs were hot. We mentioned the Braves and the Yankees. We did not mention this walk-off earlier in the week. This is the Oakland Athletics, your first place AL West Athletics. Rob, how are we doing on this highlight? Rob fell asleep. Rob is off the No, break. I'm still here. I'm still here. Just yeah. give me a second. Okay. Rob's um, his dong. This, this is a it's getting really festive for Dong of the Week. Um, Seth Brown, who, if you're a casual baseball fan, you may have no idea who that is. I only know him because I had him for a second on my dynasty team. Uh, guy with a lot of power who has kind of just hit his way into a situation with the A's, which is basically the moral of the Oakland Athletics in general. It's like you get these guys out of nowhere who just continuously hit. 1-1 game, ninth inning. This is against the Rays. Thank you, Oakland, because we needed this one. Uh, that is what you call a walk-off. Fucking towering shot. Our dong of the week, Seth Brown. That's a bomb in Oakland uh, it, with the walk-off. So Oakland also had a walk-off this week, his fourth home run of the season. And this is a guy who's only playing sporadically. So he's got big-time power, this time a big-time hit. Oakland wins. They beat the Rays 2-1 to one in very <laughs> Rays athletics fashion with that score. And now we move to our final segment. Boone headed of the week, and Henry, I'm going to let you take this one because you spotted it. It's finders keepers. Boone headed of the week. Boston, Boston, what are you doing, baby? You cannot sell Yankee gear in Fenway Park's official Red Sox team store. Absolute no-no. Somebody needs to be fired. That is just a travesty, and I'm sure the Yankees are laughing their profits all the way to the bank. Absolutely boonhead of the week. That shit is absolutely brutal. Cannot happen. Someone, multiple people, someone's getting fired for that shit. Need I remind you, this is the same organization who plays the Mets and chants Yankees suck. If those were Yankees suck shirts, obviously that's just I cute. That. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, was out, I was outside of Fenway once and saw the infamous uh, Johnny Damon <laughs> throws like Mary... Looks like Jesus. 
uh, and something else on it. But you know, those types of shirts are fine. You can't just sell straight up Yankee gear in the Red Sox team store in Fenway Park. It's Johnny Damon's Judas. Acts like Judas, throws like Mary. Yes, like acts Man. like, yep. Yeah, that's like one of my favorite shirts of all time. Also, Jeter sucks A-Rod. That was like, those are, those are classics. Those are cool. Uh, I like those. Like you got yeah. to, like in Yankee Stadium, you know, stands have the Boston sucks hawk, you know, the, those right. are funny. But you, you can't sell officially licensed merchandise of your biggest yeah. rival at your team store. That's just so boonheaded. Will not By the way, I got I got overridden because I was gonna choose Giancarlo Stanton's multiple bombs against the Astros as dongs of the week because you should oh, God, yeah. savagely hate. We were talking about that throughout that you know the first two games that Stanton murdered the Astros and he was red hot. I mean, it wasn't just the Astros; he was hot for ten games into that series. Was right out the first two games, and they just kept on pitching to him. He's still hot, and he's kind of cooled off, but still insanely hot. Yeah, I mean, he cooled off to the tune of a walk-off. Yes, May 10th, but I will remind all of you motherfuckers watching Dong City, I will remind you. I said, Vince, what did I say? You said John Carlos Stanton, MVP. And everyone laughed at me, right? Well, They did. May 10th, fuck off. Maybe it looks different June 10th, but May 10th, I'm saying fuck off. There you go. He, hey, he stays healthy. The sky's the limit. He's got to stay healthy. Uh, yeah, so we have a request. Next week, can we just skip the Angels completely? Just skip them all. <laughs> try and avoid them as often as possible, but every so often, they're newsworthy. Can't can't hate on that. We got to keep Eddie here, so we got to mention the Angels. Yeah. So, well, that'll do it for us. Uh, nothing much to report. That was a big week. A lot happened this week. Hopefully it keeps up. Uh, and uh, you guys enjoy your baseball for this week. We'll be back next Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. We have the, oh, I'm going to screw this up, the Audible, 7 p.m. tomorrow, Tuesday, football. Yep, Randy Hammond, Matt Bushnell, Wednesday, the step back. Nope. Nope, they're Friday right now. Okay, so went, is Wednesday open? Wednesday is open. Oh, I had to remember that. Uh, <laughs> Thursday, you've got work shoot, 8 p.m., 8 p.m. And uh, step back is what, 8 p.m. or 7 p.m.? Uh, I don't know, but let's just say it's Friday. I think yeah. I swear, I Leon, I am not throwing shade at you. I just have the short-term memory of a gerbil. So, because he even said it to me directly. He's like, this is when the step back is. And <laughs> I, you, have, you have to talk to me like I'm four. Uh, so the step backs are on Friday. And uh, but join us next Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern time, Donk City. Total this, bases, total bases. Total bases on Sunday. Uh, I need like a Tony Romo cheat sheet for my wrist. Come on, get with it. Who's drinking? You or me? <laughs> they're like mid morning. I feel like they're usually on like 10, 11 a.m. Uh, they're noon my time, so I think for the best time it's 11. Okay, so that's your fantasy version of baseball. Uh, next Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern time, Donk City. Join us. Everyone, have a great night. Oh, city bitches.